The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Well, the free agency is right around the corner, and then the draft. Funny how we really don't have that much of an offseason, but there's more. Talking to the coaches, etc. here on show 368. Well, before we start the show, there's a friendly public service announcement, and I've got to do it for this reason right here. This is a bone line call from a Rada fan in Maryland. Check it out. I'm a Raider fan living in Maryland, and I finally found a radio station that's specifically about the Oakland Raiders, which is great. But, man, why do y'all let people come on the show and bash our team like that? You got Bill Romanowski coming on their state and, 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 and insulting every player on the Raiders team, stating that neither one of them are good enough to start for the 49ers. That's so crap. And then you let all this cussing go on on your show. There are young Raiders fans who might want to listen to this show, and you guys let people come on and just cuss, which is so unnecessary. So unnecessary. It's a Raider Nation podcast. Why do we have to hear that crap? First of all, Raider fan in Maryland, welcome to the show. I'm glad you dig it because we like doing it. Second of all, hey man, the Raider Nation bashes the Raiders themselves and sometimes for good reason, brother. Sometimes there needs to be a little bashing. And I can think of no other people that do it better than the fans that enjoy and love this team, first of all. Second of all, I don't care what anybody says. I put everyone's opinion on here because I think everybody should hear it. And if you don't like it, well, good. Get pissed at them or be pissed at me. It doesn't matter to me, really. But the bone line, it's for fans to express themselves, my man. You can call and you could be just like a preacher on Sunday morning. Hello, Raider Nation. Hello, Raider Greg, Raider Andy. This is Raider Jakes calling in from Conrad, Montana. Uh, Raider Greg, you are like fine wine. You keep getting better with age. Your podcasts are right on the money, very informative. Uh, man, I just love it. And be as squeaky clean as that. Or you can express yourself in any way you like here on the Raider Nation podcast. Hey, Greg, Raider Andy, my brothers, what's up? It's C Money. Hey, man, listen, I just got done listening to the podcast the massacre at the mecca man what a fucking blowout man i knew it i told you brothers i was watching it live man on fucking nfl network they were showing it live man i told you just the first quarter they were mashing us out hey i feel your pain brother and you know what never hold back on your on what you fucking say on their show bro because your show was fucking hot i love it i love it express yourself let it be known man that they're fucking killing us man the fucking organization's killing us. Every year we follow these fucking guys, we support them, and man, what are we going to do, right? It's what we chose. It's the team we love, and look how they fuck us. And I'll tell you, you're right, Raider Greg, you're right. If these fucking guys keep this shit up, there'll be seagulls in the fucking stands. There won't be no fans going to that fucking game. The bone line is an open line, and it's for all Raider fans. And hey, man... I've been saying it for a long, long time. I make no apologies, brother. 
So I ha- hope you enjoy the show. I love doing it. The rest of the Raider Nation ain't cussing to make it something dirty. They're expressing their sincere and real opinion. And that is all I have to say about that. All right. On today's show, we will have King Goodell. (laughs) You bet. $29 million a year. Are you serious? We definitely have to talk about that because that is really some freaking bullshit for sure. Okay, the new Raider staff, or how I like to coin it, the FNGs are up in the house. We're going to listen to what they have to say and talk a little bit about what they are about, I think, anyway. Okay, and the Raider Nation is stunned by news. They're going to cover Mount Davis. We will hit on that because uh, that came out of left field for show. And, of course, we're going to do a little bit about free agents because that's coming up here March 12th. Then the bone line, and then we are out. So let us move on, my people. me tell you when i heard this i practically gagged but i'll tell you right now roger goodell king roger the one who makes the rules the one who takes the money is taking third nearly 30 million dollars in salary and that is kind of incredible but the ownership stands behind this guy arthur blank He's the head honcho there of the owner's group, I guess. You know, lauded, <laughs> you know, great leadership value and such on Roger Goodell. I don't know if he has had great leadership. There's been a few controversies in his tenure right away, by the way. And, uh, well, you know, Roger the Dodger is getting away with murder still. I hope they can curtail this guy and at least give some of that money to charity because I don't think this guy is worth it. Look at his salary and compare it to any player in the NFL and think about this, my friends. He will be able to make this money for decades when an NFL player can maybe make this once in a lifetime if they're fortunate. So... Put that in perspective when you listen to this knucklehead on the podium because he has no room to talk about anything because he's making more than anybody else in the goddamn room. And that is a fact, Jack. And that is all I have to say about that. Roger, you making too much damn money. And here we go with a brief look at the new coaching staff for the Oakland Raiders, or as I like to say it, the FNGs hit the spotlight. 
Okay, well, they all got a chance to have some pizza and some salad because I know they were in the cafeteria when they do these interviews. But Greg Olson came across pretty good, I'll have to say, but sounds like the same old thing. He's going to put his players in the best position to win, which is fine. Hey, I have nothing bad to say about it. Somewhat the nature of the position of an offensive court in the National Football League. People want to be entertained and people want to see explosive offense. And uh, you know there's going to be uh, people that are going to be very critical of you and what, and, and what you're trying to accomplish. So uh, you kind of, to me, I go into it knowing that. Uh, I know the situation here last year. Uh, I'm, I'm not naive enough to believe that it was all Greg Knapp's fault. I think the fans out there probably know that as well. But uh, certainly there are some things that I hope that I can bring to the table that will allow us to have some success. How much different will your offense look? I can tell you this. I think your job as a coach, your job as a coordinator is to identify the skill set of the players that you have to try and acquire a specific skill set. If you feel like you're lacking in certain areas, you'll try to acquire that skill set. But the bottom line is in the National Football League, you've got players in and out. It's different now than it was even 10 years ago, uh, I think, in terms of how the free agency works now. And that hey, you may not be able to, uh, in the old days, of the Bill Walsh or even Al Davis at the Raiders, where you're able to collect players and keep them on your team for an extended period of time. Those days are somewhat over, so you've got to be able to be flexible and be able to adapt your system to the personnel that you have on, the, on the, that team on any given year. So, uh, you know, my, our job as a coaching staff will be identify the skill set of our players, who are our best players, uh, what do they do best, how can we put them in a position to be successful and do the things that they do best. And so, uh, you know, I, I think probably coming in a year ago, uh, they made the switch to a zone system. Uh, you know, I don't know if you ever want to pigeonhole yourself that way and say, well, this is what we do. Well, you may not be able to do that based on the set of players that we have. So let's try and tailor our offense to those players' skills. And then who are those best players? Is it, Marcel Reese is a different kind of a fullback. So what, is, what does he do well, and how can we get him involved in some of the matchups uh, that will create problems for defenses? Darren McFadden, you know, initially maybe – you know, a year ago they didn't, they weren't sure about that zone scheme. Well, now after a year of, of having to look at it, hey, maybe he is a downhill runner. Uh, you know, so we'll get back to some of the gap scheme and some of the things that he does well. But what does he do and how do we fit our offense to fit those player skills? And it's no different with the wide receivers. What do they do well? Our tight ends will, you know, have to know whether or not. Uh, you know, that Brandon Myers is re-signed or not, well, what does a tight end do well? And so we'll try to tailor our offense based on, uh, you know, the, the skill set of the players that we've acquired. You saw this year specifically how the league has changed and the offense has varied with the quarterbacks that do more read option stuff. How do you look at a guy like Terrell Pryor for one? And two, just what do you think that kind of quarterback does for an offense and how it challenges the defense? Well, I think you know, obviously watching the, you know, the 49ers across the Bay and the Seahawks and, uh, and really the Panthers, you know, three teams that come to mind with uh, those type of quarterbacks, I guess. Certainly, uh, if that player is uh, the starter, certainly uh, it's going to create a number of different issues. If he's just a role player and there's a package, that creates a set of issues as well. So uh, right now, uh, you know, where we stand at the quarterback position, certainly we've got a veteran player in Carson Palmer that really has a unique set of skills himself, uh, much different than Terrell Pryor's, certainly. So uh, we'll go through and we'll let those two compete. Uh, we obviously like the ceiling 
uh, of Terrell Pryor and, and where we think he can get to. Uh, but his his skill set is completely different than Carson. So uh, you go forward with the idea. We know what Carson Palmer is. He's played in the league a number of years. We know what he can do. We don't really quite yet know what Terrell Pryor can do at this level, but we have a pretty good feeling for what he is athletically. So there'll be packages for both of them and we'll allow them to compete and we'll just be ready uh, either direction. Because again, with this league and in terms of injuries and uh, different scenarios that can happen throughout the league, uh, you just gotta be ready again to tailor your offense to whoever that player might be that's, that's pulling the trigger. So we'll be certainly uh, have a package for Terrell Pryor and we'll be uh, ready to go that direction if that's the direction that we see fit. Uh, the quarterback to... job is open? In visiting with Dennis and, and Reggie, I know Reggie's made statements that you know there will always be competition. I think there has to be competition in every position. I don't ever think you hand anyone a position from season to season or year to year. Uh, uh, we're excited about Carson Palmer. Uh, certainly, again, he's a guy that's, that's got an experience and experience of playing at a high level. Uh, in the National Football League. So, uh, you know, we'll go forward uh, with the direction that the organization sees fit. And uh, if they want competition, we'll have competition. Uh, at this point, I think they want us to, let, you know, have a real good feel as we watch the tape. You know, you never know what's going to happen in the upcoming month uh, in terms of contracts and whatnot. So we'll just be, you know, ready to when I'll, I'll let you know that when we get to the, the day that we can get out in the field and start practicing. Are you open to using two quarterbacks? I just think you have to have a package. That's my, my, my feeling is when you have someone, if you're going to have someone and he's on your roster, and again, if he's got a unique set of skills that maybe is different or better than some of the other uh, 10 players that you have or 11 players that you're having on the field, if it's not if he's not playing a quarterback position, does he have a set of skills that might be as good or better than someone else there? So uh, I just think, uh, you know, once they get out and get a chance to to uh, see Terrell, and certainly I've seen him in college, and he was an explosive player in college, and I know that. So uh, I just think it's important uh, that you're, as a coach, you're willing to adapt and be flexible and be able to try and put a, a player like him that may be an explosive player on the field. Let's just see it work out. I hope so. He's not stuck on any scheme. As a matter of fact, it seems to me like power blocking might be the deal, or... Who knows what? Got to give the guy a chance. He's a new guy. I hope he's the last guy we get for crying out loud. That's for show. Tony Sperano, man, he came in like a chip on his shoulder. He's our old line coach, of course. It's Greg's system, and I'm learning the terminology right now. You know, just as all the new co all the coaches here are learning the learning the terminology, and you know, uh, Greg and I are. You know, he's kind of learning some of my line calls, and I'm learning how he, you know, how he'll call things during the game. So uh, that's something that uh, we're all kind of going through right now. But I think when push comes to shove here, uh, I don't see this being something that the players want. That it'll take a long time for them to, you know, to grab and get a hold of. In fact, I think it'll be something that they'll be excited about. Uh, you know, and I think that that'll be. Uh, a really good thing, you know, as we get going here. You know, all that being said, you know, I've coached this position long enough. I've dealt with the questions long enough, you know, and, and you know, this is probably the most difficult position to put together. You know, it really is, and, and because you're getting five guys that need to be 
need to play like one by the end of this whole thing. And in training camps and those things, you could have moving parts, you know, in and out to see other people. So to get them all to do the same thing, you know, it really uh, requires a little bit of time. So when the time is right and, you know, and we get into those phases here you know, down the road and we can get started with, uh, with the players, uh, I don't think it'll take long. What appealed to you about coming here to this place specifically? Uh, well, first of all, you know, the history here, I would say, uh, without a doubt, I mean, I've always, I'm a history buff, you know, I had obviously a chance to be with the Dolphins and be with the Cowboys and be in some organizations that have, you know, tremendous history, and I love this history here. Uh, but uh, the other thing that appealed to me is, quite honestly, is Dennis Allen and, and Reggie. And uh, getting a chance to visit with them, you know, uh, our owner, uh, you know, getting a chance to visit with them and, and just understanding the vision that they had and really what Dennis is trying to do and what Reggie's trying to do with, you know, with uh, this organization right now and the direction that they're headed. You know, I mean, I've been involved in a lot of different teams, you know, too many, uh, to be quite honest with you. And, uh, you know, at the end of this whole thing, you know, I just wanted to be in a situation where I felt like, uh, where I felt like everything was headed in the right direction. And you know, when I had a chance to visit with them, you know, it just immediately was a good. I had a good feeling about it. So, where's the long time under uh, Parcells? What impact does he have on your philosophy and just the way you approach uh, approach the game? Uh, he's had probably the greatest impact on, on my philosophy and how I approach a game. Uh, you know, anytime you have a chance to work under uh, a coach like Bill Parcells, you know, I've worked for Bill Parcells, Tom Coughlin, Marty Schottenheimer, you know, I've been, been around a lot of you know, outstanding coaches, Rex. I'm really happy to see him get into the Hall of Fame here. Uh, you know, I'm really happy for him. Tony, you've been around the game long enough to see the evolution of offenses and you know, there was a time, you know, 30 years ago maybe when quarterbacks who were athletic didn't really get a lot of play. They, often they were moved someplace else. Now it seems like the trend's going the other way where it's actually an asset to have an athletic quarterback. What's your thought process on just the way the league is evolving in that direction? Well, I mean, you can see it happening right now. <clears throat> Obviously, what just happened in San Francisco and out in Seattle, Carolina, you know, a lot of those places, you know, uh, it's just you're, you're starting to find, you know, that more and more teams are getting into some of that stuff. And, you know, I think this league is about being able to make big plays. And at the end of it, you know, at the end of it all, it's it's how you create chunk yardage, you know, that is going to matter. And whether or not you take care of the football well enough and, and you can win, win football games. But chunk yardage, you know, and how you get it, whatever way you can do it, I think is critical. And, I think these athletic quarterbacks that are coming out now, you know, it's starting to form a new kind of a new trend in the league. You know, I mean, the truth is now, you know, with these type of players being able to take every snap, and you really don't know what they're going to do. I mean, because they're taking every snap and they can drop back and throw the football, or they're taking every snap and you know they can run zone reads or run options or or do some of these different things like you know like Kaepernick and, and these people are doing. And, some of the uh, you know Russell Wilsons of the world, you know, it just brings a complete different element for the defense to have to prepare for. And, you know, you just see more and more of these kids that maybe a while ago would have had to come out and maybe think about a position change. Where now, I mean, everybody in the league is is kind of saying, hey, 
wait a minute here. And he really didn't know the team. Now, a lot of these coaches didn't know the players. They're just starting to get into the bio situation, looking at film and trying to figure out who is who. Uh, they should have a good chance to get it figured out by the time camp starts, I should say, because all these coaches are seasoned veterans. They need to come in here and make it happen right now. I like Sperano. I like his knowledge. I certainly like his intensity. And his bullshit about the Wildcat, well, I think that's bullshit or whatever because I'm not going to worry about that until training camp. We'll hear more about that then. It's nice to know he's got some attitude. I like it. The coach needs it. Bobby April, I like this guy, man, the special teams coach. If you listen to him, he's awesome. Uh, Randy's going to put a little bit in here of everybody, uh, I hope. The only thing you control as a coach, you know, you'd like to create a culture where the guys are playing to their highest level, whatever that is. If they're a pint, we want them to fill it to the pint. If they're a quart, we want them to fill it to a quart. Uh, that type of mentality. And creating a culture to do that, I think, is, is job number one for the special teams coach. Because a lot of these guys, uh, you know, to do anything, to do it consistently, to do it well, uh, you have to be rewarded. Whatever it is, there's some type of reward involved. And so there's an obstacle there. Most of these guys did not get their scholarship because of how they played for special teams. Then they didn't get drafted for how they played for special teams. So they, they, they don't know any reward uh, for that area. It's foreign to them. And, and then even when they come here, they, they're, they're not necessarily rewarded for playing. If they're a standout, they may be because they may have a long career doing it. They may have some security because of how they do it. So initially, you've got that barrier uh, to overcome. They'll go to where that reward is. And, and so, you know, the, the reward is being a pro, winning games, helping your offense and defense, uh, achieve the greatest probability of success, and cultivating that is... Uh, I think job number one for the special teams Teams use a lot of their starters on special teams. Some teams are more. Some teams special don't players. at all. Right. Do you have a boss? Have you, do you usually do, prefer one way or the other? Do you, or is it, and what are the advantages? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I want to take the philosophy uh, of always looking through the eyes of the head coach and everything that we do to win the game. Because if we return three kicks, you know, I could leave the stadium feeling pretty good even though we lost. That's just that's just fact. Quarterback can feel pretty good if he throws a 500 yards and you lose, he can still feel pretty good. But the head coach, if, if you lose, that's the bottom line. So the more the myself and the rest of the team can look through the eyes of the head coach and figure out how can we win the game, uh, the better organization and I take that into you know how to use the talent I mean if if, if if a guy playing on special teams will hinder our overall deal because he's got to run 20 go routes to defend a guy he's playing him on the, the punt team the best thing to do is playing him on a kickoff coverage the best thing to do. Because the very next play after coming out of that sprint, 
he's going to have to cover you know Tim Brown on a go round. I got to look at it that way. The head coach should always look at it that way. But I, I I owe it to the organization and to him, the head coach, to look at it that way as well. So even though I believe in putting the best players on the field, I think there's a point in there where um, it's best for your football team that he takes all his pool of like he takes his pool of talent, and uses it there. Darren McFadden, uh, you know that's a. That's a tough position to play. I mean, there's a lot of hits that guy takes. There's a lot of exertion that he's 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 got to give. Uh, do I think he might be the best guy to hold up on a punt return? He probably is. You know, talented like that, you can you got strength, you got toughness, you got awareness, you got judgment, you got everything. But for him to do that and then the next play have to run a play, so. But overall, yeah, I believe, because everybody doesn't fit those examples, I'm saying. <laughs> if the best guys you can get on the field, the better your probability of winning that play. Because that play carries much more significance than the offensive and defensive plays. I mean, you're talking about totally flipping the field. You're talking about making a transaction from not having the ball to just to catching the ball. It takes a tremendous amount. You can't ever drop one of those. I mean, a receiver could drop one on, he could even drop it on third down. I mean, you don't want to drop in a game when he passed, but how many times does that happen? But a punt return, you, you just can't drop them. I mean, it, it, so it takes a tremendous amount of work. You know, people see a guy who makes a fair kick up. Not, that's nothing. That doesn't mean it's not. You better catch that ball. <laughs> you better catch that ball. You know, so to get to that point, even when it looks like, oh, that's a, that's a wide play. That's a big play, uh, and it takes a lot of training to get to that. I'm off the subject now, but to have your best players on the field certainly is going to improve your ability to win the game. To 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 not say oh, we're going to forfeit that play because we want to take that energy into another play. In general, I think is wrong. Specifically on certain people, I think is right. So. I have to get to who those guys are. I know McFadden's right. I mean, I know that. But uh, you got to check this guy out because I do like the way he talks. I like his concepts, and I like the way he thinks. Bob Sanders, linebacker's coach, another guy with a lot of experience. What attracted you to come to Oakland? Uh, you know, the opportunity to be a part of something you know, that's going to be big, I think. Uh, uh, you know, really... You know, impressed with the staff and, and uh, the people that are here. Uh, you know, was excited about that. I had the opportunity to work with Reggie before in Green Bay, and he was excited about that as well. And then the opportunity, I think, you know, for something's going to be good and you know, something's going to be big, exciting. Some of those numbers of teams in Green Bay, you're with uh, a, lot, a lot of sacks, a lot of interceptions. Is that are you generally an aggressive? You know, your philosophy or what you like to do is to be be aggressive. Force, kind of force the issue. Well, I think, you know, I think most defenses are that way. Uh, you know, you know, to play fast and uh, you know, try to make as many plays as you can. And most good defenses are kind of leaning that way and trying yeah. to, you know, get the players to play fast and do those kind of things. So, um, you know, hopefully, I uh, can be a part. Defensive coach, how much harder are things now with the way the offenses are and how more varied they are? Mobile quarterbacks and running quarterbacks, different things you have to 
Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of variety, you know. Uh, and each and every week is something different based on the you know the people that you have to go against, and uh, uh, that's why the scheme has to be solid and, and tried and true, and, and you know your guys play fast, and and uh, you know so hopefully each and every week is not a total uh, change in your know, philosophy or anything, you know. So, but but uh, uh, you know you try to make your uh, you know your defense as sound as you possibly can, and then but you know, certainly uh, each and every week's a challenge in the NFL. You know something different each and every week, and and uh, you know that's what makes it fun if you're a competitor. These systems seem to put a lot of pressure on the linebackers in terms of what they what they do in terms of whether it's going to be run, reading run or pass, or quarterback keeps the ball or running back keeps the ball. How difficult is the linebacker, especially in that? Um, or, you know, I'm just kind of inherent in the position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, the exciting part is you get to play both. You get to play the run uh, and be involved in the coverage aspect of it. So, um, you know, that's the exciting part of being a you know a linebacker. You're really in the NFL mm-hmm. because you get to you know to be a, you know a solid run defender and you're also involved in you know in the pass coverage as well. So. Um, you know, that's part of the job, and that's what makes being a linebacker fun to play and, and uh, excited to play. Be able to uh, form any um, thoughts, opinions on, on Miles Burris yet. I mean, he's the one guy that you know you're going to have. There's a lot of free agency and there's stuff going on with your position. But you got to play a full season. <coughs> you know, did you did you get a chance to look over his cut-ups and see how he progressed and that sort of thing? You know, still in the evaluating process, but, yeah. you know, so far, uh, you know, yeah, he's done a nice job, you know, and like I said, I'm still in the evaluating process, but uh, uh, you know, he's been fun to watch and, and uh, you know, looking forward to you know to having an opportunity. What's your preference? Four, three, multiple, three, four? Are you rooted in one or the other? No, you know, I've been doing it for a long time, so you know, I have a lot of different experiences. You know, so there are a lot of ways to skin a cat, and they're all good. You know, so you just got to be able to execute. <laughs> Sir, is there a player? That you've coached, specifically, you think of that you hold to sort of the standard of the way you want the position played. I've been fortunate, uh, you know, to coach a lot of good players. Um, you know, throughout my career, just you know, have been blessed. So, um, you know, it's hard to compare players, and you know, but uh, you know, but certainly, uh, you know, you, you know, you want your guys to play at the highest level they can play, uh, and you know, to try to be as good as they can be because that's what coaching is: trying to get your guys to make as many plays as they can and do as. You know, as good as they can, but you know, certainly I've I've had the opportunity, you know, to coach some really, really good players, and have learned a lot from them, and and, and hope to have been able to help them some too. Hey, man, I know we didn't do a very good job with our first coaching staff, and it's easy to see how it could go awry, like it did for us last year. But that was a small part of the situation when it comes down to this team because the organization is going through some humongo changes. And we're going to talk about those on this show as well. The coaches sounded pretty good. I wasn't really disappointed with anything they were saying. A lot of it was the same old thing, but there was some refreshment there. And the refreshment was some experience. And it seemed to me a bit more wisdom, probably a lot more wisdom than the last group. So let's just see what happens. Raider nation it's just the frickin' beginning, and I kind of like it. So let's just see. Told you so.
let's hit on the not-so-free agents of the Oakland Raiders, see who's up and who's coming up uh, to maybe leave our little community and go off elsewhere. And, uh, well, there's a lot of changes going down, so let's hit on that right now. Before I get into those free agents, I want to talk about the future QB situation. There's been a lot of talk about getting rid of Carson Palmer. Well, you know what? His salary next year is $13 million at least, and we can't pay a guy that much money. I think he's going to want that much money, and there could be a little bit of an issue. I hope not. There's been an awful long silence in Oakland, and the doors have been shut pretty damn tight. We've heard no rumors, no rumblings. We've heard nothing out of Alameda. And there's a lot of business that has to get done up in that house. And one of them is Carson Palmer's contract. They have to figure a way to spread this money out. Can't afford to give them that kind of money without that time of success. And that's how I would make the contract very, very heavy on incentives. And, well, he's going to have to make those. Or we could see a change. So Terrell Pryor fans could be very happy. We could be thinking about drafting a QB. There's a lot of situations here, and the puzzle is always moving. So that's something we're not sure about. And you know what? As a quarterback, Carson Palmer really has never made it to the big show. So that's a lot of money to pay someone who's never sniffed the championship. So there you go. That's my opinion. We shall see. Now, uh, DMC or <laughs> McFragile, uh, they're going to be looking for a deal for him, too, last year of his contract. So he's going to be a free agent as well. So what do you do with McFadden? Do you keep him? Do you try to trade? Because, well, there's really not very much value in an older running back anyway and hasn't been for a couple years. So there's a lot of injured or old running backs on the market. Makes it soft. What do we do? Do we keep him? Do we pay him? Because that's the deal. He might be wanting a whole bunch of money. So stay tuned. We don't know yet, but there's got to be some discussions in the back room. But he hasn't played an entire freaking season since he's been drafted by the Raiders. And if they give him any money, I mean, it better be all incentive-based and certainly based on his attendance as well. DHB. Top 10 pick due $7.2 million next year. Way too much for what we're getting out of the guy. For my taste, you know, look at uh, D. Moore. Way better, way more complete. And it appears to me last year he was catching a ball with his chest more and more. And I believe he dropped a lot of passes as well. DHB ain't worth 7.2. And if you don't get that, I think DHB might be down the road too. Uh, so we got a lot of drama coming up. We're going to see what happens. You know, there's been, just like I said, a lot of silence at Alameda. So we shall see because uh, those are some big deals. And then, you know, we got Rolando McClown, you know, hovering in the backfield. No word on McClown and no word on what we're going to do with this guy. Hopefully the trade, <laughs> the trade is on. 
Hopefully we can get rid of this cat. With his health history and his history of being a just straight-out bonehead, who knows? He might have to hit the damn road. I don't know. But we're going to have to pay him, too. We're still in salary cap hell, believe it or not. Uh, We're going to have to get rid of some people, and Leckler looks like he might be on the outs. So let's look at some of the free agents here in Oakland. Well, here we go. Not any particular order. You know, the, the free agents that the Oakland Raiders have, there's some guys I don't even know for sure uh, whether we're going to get rid of them or not. Some guys I'm pretty sure and I have a strong opinion on. So let's go. Well, we have Matt Leinert. What do you think? <laughs> You're out of here, Matt. You suck. Literally. And Mike Goodson, I don't know. We might keep him. Jerry Stewart wasn't very good at all. I don't know about him, but I wouldn't keep him. Derek Hagan was productive. It looked like he might be going places if he could improve. I mean, he caught some pretty uh, significant passes for us last season. Duke Calhoun, I don't know about him. Uh, Brandon Myers, he's up. He was probably one of our most productive receivers last year. Uh, Depending upon his contract, what goes on and what is happening in Oakland, I'd like to keep him. Khalif Barnes, I'd like to keep him for depth. Zach Hurd, I'm not sure. Uh, Cooper Carlisle, he's good, kind of long in a tooth along with Alex Parsons. I'm not sure if we keep either one of those guys. Richard Seymour has to go. He's tired, he's old, and he put a walloping on our cap room. You know, we voided the last year of his contract, and that put a big dent. Millions of dollars on our cap. So, whatever. Matt Shaughnessy has to stay. He's the bullet. Desmond Bryant's becoming something special. Andre Carter, man. Omar Gaither was pretty decent. Philip Wheeler was very, very good, very effective. I got to keep that guy because he was the most effective linebacker next to Burris, really. Uh, Kalen Burnett, don't know much about him. Shante Spencer, eh, I don't think so. Gave him a chance, didn't work out very well. Philip Adams, I believe, did a pretty good job. Giordano played very good, I think. Julio Hansen, eh, I'm not sure about that either. I don't think so. Mike Mitchell played pretty well. Coy Francis played okay. Brandon Ross, eh, don't know much about him. And Shane Leckler will probably not play for the Oakland Raiders next year because of his salary. Kind of crazy. Now, a lot's going to change. A lot's going to happen in the month of March. We have to keep our ears open and everything else because our wallet's going to be open. But notice this. The silence out of Alameda is deafening. Not a lot of word on a lot of these contracts that are very important. So we shall see. Stay tuned because changes in the wind, you can bet on it. And we shall see what happens to our team coming up in March. It is going to be pretty wild without Mr. Davis. And that is all I have to say about that.
Well, on a brief note for most of the Raider Nation, the local Raider Nation that goes to the games every Sunday, or as a matter of fact, anyone who would travel to the Black Hole for a sunny game in Oakland, will be pleasantly surprised to know that Mount Davis will be permanently tarped, and you will not be there for any event, baseball or football. Now, all those people up there had to be decimated. (laughs) I don't mean decimated, but redirected (laughs) to the third deck, which, incidentally, cut my ticket prices significantly. Thank you very much, Mark Davis. First of all, just from me and my wallet, faux show. So the rest of the Raider Nations on the other decks, first and second deck, got a dollar off. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> yes, I think that's some bad shit too, my brothers and sisters. But that's how it goes. I love my seats. I'm on the 50-yard line on the west side, and I could not be happier right now. So on that, that is all I have to say. That's uh, great that they tarped it, I think. It's better for those fans. They'll get a better game-time experience I am show. And that is all I have to say about that. Let's get on to the bone line. Bad of the bone. Bad of the bone. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Get on the bone line. You know, the Raider Nation podcast went to a The uh, week's event on the 16th of Saturday was a culmination of events throughout the country for Veterans Appreciation Week. National Salute to Veterans Week. Raider Nation podcast here with Bill and Carla at this event. uh, National Salute Salute to to Veterans. Veterans It's a whole week to salute the veterans of this country, those who fought for us those who laid their life down for us. Not only that, for these guys who have come back injured and battered to protect this country. It's a big-time honor to be here. Uh, uh, Carla, tell, tell me how you got involved. What's happening? Well, actually, I was on the VA website looking for volunteer work for myself, and I saw the National Salute to Veterans Week um, web link. And when I went there, I thought about the Raider Nation immediately, thinking because the guys love to come out and and greet people and and do charity work, that this would be a perfect event. Uh, Bill, tell tell us about yourself uh, and and your position here at the VA uh, hospital. Sure. I'm the chief of voluntary service here at the VA Palo Alto Healthcare System, and we're again at the Menlo Park Division. I have 2,800 volunteers that help throughout the hospital yearly, about 300,000 hours. We raise money to help patients. It's a, it's a great job, and again, I'm so excited that Carl contacted me. We had the opportunity to bring the Raider Nation here to with, uh, par- provide a barbecue for our patients in a blind center, and also just a meet and greet all our other veterans that are on this campus. Well, it's an honor. You know, uh, the Raider Nation uh, is pretty big. Yeah. And when this event got out, let me tell you, it didn't just get out, it got out to the Raider Nation. So, Carla, what's happening across the country? We started something here. Yes, yes. Actually, we have people in eight different states, Raider Nation members in eight different states, including California, Arizona, New Mexico, um, Colorado, um, Washington, (laughs) D.C., Utah, Tennessee. uh, Did I miss any? And um, 
and everybody is going to be going out. Some have already gone out because this is the end of the week. So some have already gone out to their local VAs. Where, wherever they are, they've held fundraisers, um, ice cream socials. They've given them tickets to hockey games and movies. Um, actually, there are six events going on right now. There are a total of nine Raider Nation groups having events right now today. In, um, in here in California, they're having them today in Fresno, in Loma Linda, and also in San Diego. And then there are three groups in Arizona having an event today as well. That's we'll awesome. see yes. how this starts. It starts yes. very, just with an idea. Yes. And I just want to say thank you for, for doing this, Carla. It's awesome. Uh, we are all honored to be here. We had a great time. Miss Carla of the Red Nation, she did a great job organizing this thing. Bad Boys, a barbecue up in the house. It was incredible. Great event. Great staff. Got to thank Bill and Nikki. They were great hosts for this event, too. And we just had a damn good time. The super fans were there. And the veterans, I think, appreciated our barbecue and all of that. Uh, Miles Burris was in the house. I mean, the video's on YouTube. Check it out. It was a great time. www.RaiderNationVideoCast.com www.RaiderNationVideoCast.com So, now, there's not been a lot of news for the Raiders coming up, but we got some callers on the line. You got to make sure you check out www.RaiderNationPodcast.com. Get up in the house. You know Randy does a great job putting all the news up in there, so check it out. Who's our first caller? And our first caller would be Raider Tony out of Monterey. What's happening, Tony? Raider Greg, Raider Nation, this is Raider Tony over in Monterey. Just wanted to call uh, real quick and express my feelings on this uh, Tim Brown bullshit. Um, first off, I want to say I have a great deal of respect for Tim Brown. He's Mr. Raider. And Tim Brown, the Raider Nation loves you. But this bullshit of bringing up that Super Bowl, which I will never forget. It's ingrained in my mind. The last time the Raiders won the Super Bowl, I was, what, a year or two old? So I didn't get to see it. Actually, I think I uh, 1984 was the last one. So, yeah, I was, I was a couple of years old. Um, so 1984 was the last one. The last appearance, I was more than old enough to see and I don't ever want to fucking hear anyone talking about it again from the Raiders organization uh, or the formerly affiliated. Let's just move on. Yes, it was 10 years ago. It was a debacle. It took me years to get over that shit. And, um, you know, it didn't affect my status, of course, as a Raider because I'm a true Raider fan. It always will be no matter what. But, uh, like I said, I think I was a little traumatized over that loss. And uh, and we all know why we lost. Because John Gruden, you know, was fucking traded to the Buccaneers, and we were running the offense that he created. There was no conspiracy. There was no uh, Bill Callahan putting his legacy on the backseat for his friend. That's that, that, the whole idea is absurd. You know, you know, Bill Gallahan's a man. And granted, his preparation for the game might have not been the best. I mean, we could have changed some things up 
um, weeks before that game, or at the least, um, you know, considered uh, putting in some dummy audibles or something, something that the Buccaneers hadn't seen. And instead we went out there and just ran the same shit that Gruden had installed. And that was just stupid. But that wasn't intentional. He wasn't trying to throw in the game. It's a Super Bowl. You want to go out there and you want to win. And uh, his legacy's on the line, and he knew that. And so he did want to win. He just was, he just was a buffoon about his approach and in, in, in preparation for that game. There's a difference between buffoonery and intentionally trying to go out and lose. Those are my thoughts on that. And and Jerry Rice uh, putting in his two cents on it. You know, another legend that we all greatly respect. But let's just all move on. You know, please. Uh, it's a debacle. Bringing it up is like it's like bringing up an ex. You know, you don't do that. Why the fuck would anyone bring up an ex? You know, you get over it and you move on. And and a loss in the Super Bowl like that, it's the same thing. It's like a fucking ex. You get over it. You move on. Fuck it. You know, a lot of other fish in the sea. You know, a lot of other games to be played. And a lot of other Super Bowls to make it to. So let's just worry about that and not bring up the old bullshit anymore. So then my thoughts on that. I also just wanted to say uh, the 49ers, fuck the 49ers and fuck their fucking fans. Can't stand the motherfuckers. There are some cool 49er fans, but a lot of them are obnoxious as hell. Anyone that lives in the Bay Area or grew up there knows what I'm talking about. I'm from there, and, uh, you know, it's a bunch of bullshit. I don't want to hear about the fucking uh, 49ers. I hope they lose in the Super Bowl. I really do. Oh, man, if, if, if they win, Raider Greg, you know that for those of us out here in California, that's going to be a fucking pain in the ass if they win because we're never going to stop hearing about it until we win one. It'll be awesome if they lose. And uh, uh, as much as I don't like the Ravens because I really, you know, didn't appreciate the way they poured it on on us in that game we played this year, I thought that wasn't cool. They poured it on on us, and that wasn't cool. But, uh, But really, I don't have anything else against them. And I kind of like Ray Lewis. And uh, I think that uh, uh, pretty much everyone in the Raider Nation will be rooting for the Baltimore Ravens. I heard a caller in the last podcast call them like the Raiders of the East Coast. You know, I agree with that. They do play Raider football, real Raider football, like the Raiders of old. And, uh, and uh, you know, hopefully we can get back to that in our upcoming season. But for now, Ravens. Go Ravens. Please beat the fuck out of the 49ers and, uh, so they can stick their Super Bowl and shove it up their mouths or their ass. And um, yep, that's all I have to say. Just wanted to share those thoughts on the Super Bowls, all the Super Bowl talk, our Super Bowl talk, and uh, the fucking 40 whiners. And uh, next up is the draft. Can't wait to hear the next podcast. Raider Nation, I'm out. Well, I don't want to talk any more about that Super Bowl because it was severely disappointing. So let's move on from there. Tim Brown hurt himself as far as the uh, Hall of Fame votes, I think, from this this whole shenanigan that was pulled. 
I don't know whose idea it was, but it was a stupid idea. And as far as the Niners go, they lost. And who's got it better than us? Everybody. I love it. Thanks for the call, brother. And next, we have my very good brother, Raider Mike, from the Raider Fan Podcast. Check out his end-of-season video. It's off the chain. What's happening, my brother Mike? Raider Greg and Randy. Raider Mike from the Raider Fan Podcast. And I am going to go unplugged on your show or on this part of your show, which is the bone line, because I'm throwing my bone. And uh, what I mean by unplugged, meaning uh, I'm just going to just let it go, all right? And first of all, first of all, I want to say any Raider fan out there listening right now, if you betted on the 49ers to, to make the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, or you rooted for the 49ers in any shape or form, turn in your Raider card right now. Turn it in. You're no more longer a Raider fan. And yes, there is Raider fans out there that want the 49ers to win because they're the other team across the bay. They're the other team that, that deserves respect in the bay. Please. Now, listen, if you're making a profit from it, it's mandatory to turn in your Raider card. I'm so sick and tired of these wannabe Raider fans claiming Raiderhood, and they root for the fucking 49ers. Give me a fucking break. If the 49ers go and on and win the Super Bowl and go 6-0 and in Super Bowls, I'm going to need a straitjacket, or I'm going to need to be subjected uh, to uh, some heavy, heavy medication to deal with my anxiety because these Niner fans will not quit until we win a Super Bowl. And you know what? Raiders aren't winning a Super Bowl anytime soon. Why are, not, why are they not winning a, a Super Bowl anytime soon, Raider Nation? It's because we're forced to eat crap Sandwiches. Yes, you heard me. Crap sandwiches. And how did that crap sandwich taste, Raider Nation? How did it taste? I predicted before this season even started, but a lot of Kool-Aid drinkers were saying, we're going to the playoffs. New era. Dennis Allen, let's give him a shot. I think he can get it done. I bet you if Randy rolled back your tapes on your archives, you could find Raider Greg saying those very things. And what, did, what happened? How's that crap sandwich taste now? And just when you get done digesting this crap sandwich, and just when you start to feel a little bit better, your stomach is settled, now you're forced to eat another crap sandwich by watching the 49ers go to the freaking Super Bowl. I mean, good Lord. Can, can it get to any lower levels, Raider Nation? Can it get to any lower levels? Seriously, just when you think it got as low as it possibly could with Al Davis passing away, uh, losing Jason Campbell, destroying our 4-2 start, we were playoff bound. And now 
we are reduced to this expansion mentality, expansion team mentality, and now we are forced to eat crap sandwiches. I mean, I never thought the day would come where we'd fire Greg Knapp and everybody gets excited about hiring someone else's garbage, the, the 2 and 14 Jaguars garbage, their offensive coordinator. Everybody's jump up going, yay, Greg Olsen, more crap sandwich to be served. <laughs> How is that going to taste, huh? You know what? Reggie McKenzie, he better have a biblical draft. Biblical, okay? If this draft isn't biblical, uh, well, then you know what? We'll know. We will know what our future holds. And how everybody is saying that, uh, you know, Pryor isn't any good, okay? I get that. He's young. He's raw. He was picked up in a simple middle draft. You know, we gave up two uh, high picks for Palmer, and we should stick with Palmer because he's got 4,000 yards. Blah, blah, blah. When it mattered most, Palmer choked. And even during a season, in a meaningless season, in the games that were winnable, he choked. He threw interceptions. Go watch the tape. When it matters the most, he chokes. Okay? He got two games that were... Uh, Three touchdowns or more, only three games. You got four touchdowns against Tampa Bay, and you got three against the Steelers. Terrell Pryor got three touchdowns in his very first start against frontline starters in a regular season, so no excuses with the preseason, okay? Pryor did it under pressure, in the rain, on a soggy field, on the road. I mean, dude, Pryor's the real deal, and I think he gives us a better chance to win. Yes, you heard me. Why? Because of the red zone. The red zone. He was perfect in the red zone. Palmer was a piece of crap. Yeah, 4,000 yards. You can have your stat champ. You can have your Pro Bowl stat champ. I, I want a winner. I want Super Bowls. And I'm telling you, right now, Greg Olson sucks. That coaching staff sucks. Dennis Allen sucks, and I'll be here next year to call on the bone line right now at this very time before the Super Bowl to remind you fools all again, and that is that. I apologize if I offend anybody. Love you all. Raider Nation, love you till I die. Bye-bye. Well, Raider Mike, I'll take my crap sandwich. Hold the mayo. Listen, partner. I never said we were going to the Super Bowl or even the playoffs. I thought we would do less than 8-8. Eight and eight. And I'm pretty sure that's what I said. And I'm sure Randy will throw it up there, whatever it was. We don't look like anything like the last two seasons that we were. I'm kind of you getting used to at least having a 500 season. You can forget that shit right now. These clowns aren't going to bring us to 500 people. I just want to wake everyone. Wake up. <laughs> All you positive thinkers out there, you better wake up. <laughs> Ain't happening. I'm not going to doom and gloom the entire season. It's one game. Yes, it is. In the toughest schedule we've had in some time. Yes, it is. With the most mileage we'll ever travel, I'm sure, in my, in my life here in Oakland. 26,000 miles in the air for games. Most in the league. We don't need all that this year. And the zone blocking, incidentally, 
is bullshit. I, I can't even tell you, I was afraid of it, I was hoping it would be better, I was hoping under somebody who knows how to do it, it would be better, but it is just as fucked up as it was the last time we had it here. Incidentally, that was the last time that Greg Take a Dirt Nap called plays, if you can call it that. The play calling was absolutely fucking joke. Who, who, who is, who the fuck is this guy? Is this what it's going to be all season? Because I'll tell you right now, McFadden won't last three games when he has 37 touches in a game. I'm telling you right now. He will get hurt. I am positive. Now, they better put this fucker in a room and slap the shit out of him and change his play calling because I'm going to tell you right now, as a fan, I am not going to fucking put up with it, and you're going to hear about it. But I didn't have any faith <laughs> in the coaching staff for show. But you have to give the guys a chance. You have to give the opportunity to the staff that comes in. I mean, yeah, they suck. They seem to suck, and they ended up sucking. But I'm not going to sit here and bash them all season long when I was looking for some light that never happened in the tunnel. Now, that's on that point. As far as the Niners go, agree. Totally agree. Uh, when we went to the Super Bowl, every Niner fan that I know said, Oh, you guys are going to lose. You're going to get blown out. You guys don't have a chance. Not one of them said anything positive. Not one of them. So on that, we we're on the same page. Now, on the Greg Olson hire, you mean to tell me you are Nostradamus? That you know he came from a 2-14 and 14 team and that he is no way going to improve our offense? So you're not going to watch any games this year, I take it. Well, I think you will, and I think you'll watch not so much to see the defeat, but perhaps to see if there's an opportunity and a chance to see if we can do better than we did last year. Now, I'm not really sold on Dennis Allen. I'm not even sold on Reggie McKenzie. The coaching staff looks better than the last one they hired. However, there's a lot of stuff that has to be taken care of, and we need an epic draft. You're right. Reggie McKenzie better get it done this season because as far as I'm concerned, he hasn't showed shit yet. So we're all waiting. We're all looking. We're all hoping for a better season. But we're not all chumps. We're not all suckers. What we are are Raider fans hoping for the best because, brother, we got no control over what happens up there in Alameda. I love your call. I love your passion. I love your videos, man. They're off the chain. And you know I love you too, brother. Thanks for the call. And next we have the Raiders Edge from Buffalo, New York. I know it's cold up in there right now, brother. Dig out from the snow. This guy's really got it going on, man. What is happening, my brother? going on, Raider Greg? It's the Raiders Edge from Buffalo, New York. I uh, just heard the latest podcast. I'm glad uh, everything's okay with Raider Randy. Sounds like he had a uh, successful surgery. Very happy for that. Glad the podcast is back because it's, it was rough, man. It's been a long couple of weeks going to work, not listening to the Raider Nation. It's, it's, it's tough, man. 
But um, you know, I don't really want to comment on the, the Bill Callahan bullshit because it's the past, and I really don't care. That's pretty much the talk right now. Everyone's talking about Super Bowl 37 10 years ago. Who really gives a shit? You know what I mean? It's like the dysfunction of the team was. It's just brutal, and it's still. It's like the the stench is still in the room from the dysfunction over the years with Al Davis era. It's over, but you know we got to give Reggie McKenzie some time to to air out that stench. You know it's going to take a couple of years, but I feel like that part of the Raiders is over. You know, you know the dysfunctional, the drama that's in the past. We're done with that. I'm I'm over it. You know, I think Reggie McKenzie's going to build this team the right way. Keep stay out of that bullshit, man. I don't want to hear about it. Done with it. Whatever. But uh, I do want to touch on the coaching, the coaching hires real quick. Um, you know, I wasn't too happy with the Greg Olson hiring, to be honest. I thought it was an average hire. If I had a rate the Greg Olson hire out of ten, I would probably give it a five. You know, his career, his track record, not very good. It's just not. He averages, his offense averaged 15.3 points a game. Sounds like Greg Knapp. You know, not very good. The only positive with Greg Olson was, you know, he's going to bring the power scheme to Oakland, and that fits our personnel. So, you know, he fits the personnel. That's a good thing. But as a play caller and offensive coordinator, he's he's not very good. He's young. He did have a couple good seasons with Tampa Bay. They went ten and six with a young team. But then, you know, you hire Tony Soprano as the as the O line coach, assistant head coach. And to me, that's the hire of the off season. Because now you got a guy here. That brings that brings Greg Olson's hire from a five out of ten to a seven out of ten. I really do. He is gonna help Olson. A lot. Because you look at his track record as an offensive line coach. I mean, when he was with the Cowboys, Marion Barber and Julius Jones, I mean, these guys ran for 2,000 yards combined. I mean, he got Reggie Bush in Miami. Reggie Bush went off for over 1,300 yards. Reggie Bush couldn't run for shit in New Orleans. Here you got a guy. He is going to make that offensive line so dominant that is going to make Greg Olson's job easier because the players are going to play at a high level. They're going to play smash-mouth football. That's Raider football, baby. That's what that is. They're going to hit you in the face, physical, pound the ball. They're going to win games. With that style of play, with the personnel on the team, they're going to win games. Um, You know, they do need to get some... Some guards, maybe a right tackle in the off season, but I think you know we got we got a good foundation with Belt here and Wisniewski. Love the hire of Soprano, love it. I, I have a feeling that um, we're going to get back into the top fifteen there, with top fifteen offense again, like when we had Hugh Jackson. I like that. Um, I think that's about it. Glad the show's back. I'm excited about the draft. Excited about the free agency. I'm excited about the direction of the team right now. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a, an exciting off season for the Raider Nation, and I 
you know, plan on tuning into all the podcasts. Thank you. I'll see you guys soon. Totally agree with you, my brother on the Greg Olson hire. Uh, I think it was more like a four or a three. And Tony Soprano, I mean Sperano, <laughs> Tony Soprano. I think the hire was okay. I think we'll just have to see. I like the new coaches we have. Let's just see if we can get some players that can work into these coaches and we can mix this up and make it something that works. Because right now, I'm telling you, I'm not feeling real happy about the total package of our management. I'm talking about McKinsey and Allen. Not real strong in my book. We ought to see, man. We'll see. We got another season to check it out. And the draft is coming. But the free agency is where we should see some magic from Mr. McKenzie or the Oz of Raider Nation. You better show the value and how tricky and how good he is with numbers and personnel because he's got a shit sandwich. Let's see him make it taste like a steak sandwich. We'll see. Thank you for the call, my brother. And the props. And our next caller is Money Man Has Spoken Raider. What's up, my brother? What you got? Yeah, this is Money Man Has Spoken Raider. Oh, no, you didn't, Raider Greg. You did not do that to me, man. You let this clown get on your mysterious call and just put down my boy just because Ray wouldn't let you do it. Oh, Randy. Randy wouldn't let you do it. Okay, I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to play my boy, but this you gotta look at it like this, though. He's sitting there hollering about 4,000 yards. 4,000 yards can do a new 2,500, as far as I'm concerned. Who cares about 4,000 yards? What you got behind it is what matters. When you got a bunch of three and outs, a bunch of mind-numbing, bone-headed interceptions, and garbage time yardage at the end of the game when it's already out of hand, what is 4,000 yards? You want to sit there and have a car some palm your answer? The only reason Carson's still here is because of that cap hit. And hell, Reggie might just say the hell with it and eat it since he's made a quarterback competition now come training camp. Why keep Carson Palmer? Why? A $13 million quarterback on the bench? So why even have a competition? He might just go ahead and cut him or trade him now. I was free agency here. Ain't no need to have no competition. If he was already set in stone, it wouldn't be one. So apparently, they're not happy with causing production. Yeah, I said it. And yeah, he out of here. As far as I'm concerned, the Shang Tsung slash Fred G. Sample of the NFL, all them garbage time yards, what the hell that mean? I'm tired of him draining my soul like that Mortal Kombat character. No, he needs to go. Like Chris Carter say, he gots to go. And as for Darius Hayward Bay, 
you already know the deal with him. Seven point seven two one million for somebody that all he can do is cradle the ball. No, he out the dope. Yeah, I said that too. He gone. Uh uh-uh. uh. Al boy. You know, I know Al loved him, but he got to go. He out of here too. Tommy Kelly, out the dope. Shane Leckler, out the dope. Richard Simo, out the dope. Matt Giordano, out the dope. Mike Brazil, out the dope. We ain't got time for it. Ready trying to build something here? It's time for us to catch up to the times. That's the direction the quarterback is going these days. The quarterback that can actually pass with an option to run when they need to. We don't need no statue like Carlson Palmer back there looking like Drew Bledsoe. I don't think so. We need wide receivers that can make plays instead of letting the ball beat them up or ricocheting off their chest. We don't need that. We need a number one receiver. Reggie going to get that too. We was in a draft or free agency. We got to have it. If we're going to get up to San Francisco level, yeah, I know you hate on them too. But I understand. I'm not a 49er fan too, but damn, I show respect what they're doing. They took Crabtree. We took Darius Abel Bay. You see the result. Everybody was hating on Crabtree, talking about he dissing Raider Nation and everything. No, he didn't know diss no Raider Nation. I bet you if, he, if, if Al Davis had paid him what he paid Bay, it, he wouldn't even held out on a single damn day. So let's go get this thing back on track. We need to get some players in here that can get it done. Ain't no more scholarships, no more bullshit. Let's get the players in here that know how to play football, get a team the best chance to win. And in saying that, I'm out. Come on, man. <laughs> you got to give me just a little bit of credit. First of all, I love your call. It was great, matter of fact, with the exception of the conspiracy that I wasn't going to say my opinion. Nope, that's not how we roll here at the Raider Nation podcast, brother. However, you do have a good take. Hands of stone must go. And he ain't going to take any less money, so he's got to go. And I think Carson Palmer, if he if we could get rid of him, I'd say he has to go too. But I just say, you know, we got hosed by Hugh Jackson in more ways than one. Giving up two high picks, a first and second. And all that money we gave him for a 33-year-old quarterback, man, I know 4,000 yards. A lot of it is garbage yards. I do. I think so, too. I don't think the pocket passer is dead. I think there's a new technique, but I think this is kind of a flash in the pan, too, because these quarterbacks are going to get hammered once in a while, and they can't take that kind of abuse, man. I don't care if they're Kaepernick size or not. Quarterback wasn't designed to take those hits. And they're going to get hit. So a good, solid pocket passer that can run occasionally like Rich Gannon was is more what we need. So I love the call. love the passion. Always my brother. And next we have Raider Grant in Salem, Oregon. And he's got something he's got to say. What you got, brother? Hey, Raider Greg. Raider Randy. Hope everything went accordingly. This is Raider Grant up here in Salem, Oregon. Shit, you'd think I was living in San Francisco with all the 40 Fruit Loop fans popping up around here. Fuck, I was at the store the other day buying some beer when 
two pretty decent-looking females approached me in a brand-new 49er Letterman jackets and asked me if I could uh, point them out some finer microbrews. And after doing so, I jokingly inquired if the 49ers was a girls' softball team or basketball team. And one of the females instantly said, you're thinking of the pussy-ass Raiders. Now, right when I was going to tell this bitch that had beat her monkey up till it was black and silver, the other girl put her arm around her and they proceeded to make out. <laughs> Go figure, 40 Fruit Loop fans. Well, needless to say, I didn't say nothing and went about my business. But the punchline to that is, I wasn't even wearing any Raider apparel. That's just what uh, she thought of our team. So it's kind of humorous, but pissed me off all the same. Other than that, Reggie McKenzie. What's up? Not one call to Chip Kelly? Shit, the guy went 47-7 and in college as a head coach. Way better than Dennis Allen's record of 4-12 and last year. And not one call? Raider Nation, the first thing Chip Kelly did after becoming the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles was contact Reggie McKenzie to inquire about Terrell Pryor, as he believes he could be a focal point to his offense. That's funny, because Chip Kelly took over a 4-12 and team, just like the Raiders record, and he wants our player as his focal point, and yet, not one fucking call? <laughs> Whatever. It's pretty fucking apparent you're sticking with uh, Dennis Allen, and we're just going to have to suffer through that. Anyways, shop Pryor and shop him accordingly because we want the best because the next day Raiders reported that Terrell Pryor will now have a chance to compete for the starting position of uh, QB for the Raiders. <laughs> that shit makes me laugh. Once again, shop him accordingly. Other than that, kudos to Reggie McKenzie for the hiring of Olsen, Soprano, uh, Bobby April, Saunders, decent group of guys with a lot of experience. If Olsen and Soprano can work uh, to be a two-headed dragon, we could have a potent offense in a couple years. With Bobby April being a five-star hire, look for the special teams to be solid next year. That's if we keep Leckler and see Bass happy. Raider Nation, there's a lot of leg there still. Since Reggie McKenzie is uh, putting some experience together on board to groom Allen into being a head coach. I want to know what fucking lottery or raffle that guy gives Allen won to be the head coach of the Raiders. Because I sure wish I could have participated. Not only does he get to be the head coach, he gets to be the he gets to be groomed into the position of having and having ex head coaches do his job for him next season. Shit, that beats a state job any day. <laughs> Can't believe that. Wow. Anyways, the only good thing that about that sticking with Dennis Allen is that we're showing that the organization is committed to a coach and that we're going to give him a fair chance to flip things around. And that could, in the future, bring us a potential big hire and a big name. And what else do we got here? Tim Brown, shame on you for your comments. We all know that Al micromanaged the team. Sometimes you want something so bad, you make desperate decisions that impede your chances of success. And that's exactly what Al did. Enough said. The draft, still too early to tell. We need to figure out what we're going to keep and what we're going to get rid of. But if we get rid of what we need to get rid of and keep what we need to keep, we still need to be build the defense and the offensive lines. I want uh, Raider Nation to know I do not want the Raiders to go for a fucking quarterback. Fuck Geno Smith. He's another buster. If we use what we got in another couple years, there will be a serious QB draft with Johnny Manziel, you know, Johnny the quarterback Manziel, and Marcus Mariota, who had better numbers 
in the Heisman winning Johnny, the quarterback. We need to shoot for that future QB draft and build the defensive and offensive lines as of right now. My pick for the Super Bowl, the Ravens. Fuck the 40 fruit cakes. I like the color red and I like the color gold, but you mix them together, it reminds me of a bloody turd. That being said, this is Raider Grant. I'm Raider Nation from day one till end game. Just win, baby. Raider Grant. I'm loving that call, brother. I'm loving it. Especially the two chicks. Gotta love that. As far as uh, Terrell Pryor going, I think he's going to stay. I think that they find value there. Uh, You know, there's a lot of movement that's got to happen before we even think about the draft. We got to shit can some players and keep some others. I don't think Leckler's going to hang. I don't think we can get him under the salary cap. We'll see. But I don't know. I'd like to keep him. But Darius Hayward Bay, hands of stone, I don't think he should stay, especially for that kind of money. And if he's not willing to restructure, he's O-U-T, my friend. So, as far as the team goes, Dennis Allen, he's got it made in the shade with Kool-Aid, at least last season. And I think he should be more concerned about his job this year. I do not think if we throw out another 4-12 and that he will be looking at another year. I think improvement's the name of the game. And if he ain't doing it, then he should be out. And if he ain't out, then McKenzie should be out. But someone should get their ass kicked for a bad season if we throw out another 4-12. and I love the passion, brother. Thanks for the call, man. Next, we have my good brother from Dallas, Texas. Raider, Jesse James. What's up, man? Give us the knowledge. What's up, Raider Greg? Raider Randy, I hope you're feeling better, man. Um, good to have you back. Uh, great to listen to you guys' last podcast. This is Raider Jesse James out of Dallas, Texas, over here in Cowboy Country. And by the way, I heard the Cowboys are getting, like, all of our old staff. I was like, <laughs> so with that. Anyways, man, I wanted to uh, touch base on a couple of things that have been on my mind. Um, first thing on my mind was, or quarterback situation. Yep, here we go again, Raider Greg. Same old, same old. I'll give you my theory on it, though. Um, the fact that uh, D.A. said that he would let them fight for it, I'm, I'm kind of with that. Um, I think that's a good thing. It's always good to have competition within the team. Um, so the best guy always comes out. And if one gets hurt, then you have the second guy there. So either way, I think we're going to move forward with um, either Terrell or uh, or Carson as a starting quarterback. And that's fine. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, I did see some, some light in Terrell in the last game. But, however, some colors did indicate he throws it too much of a rainbow-ish, giving the defender too much of an opportunity to, you know, make an interception or whatnot. So um, maybe with some coaching, he can get those those throws, you know, on target a little bit more. Not that they weren't, because some of them were, especially the long passes. They were pretty good. But he puts a little bit too much golden arches into that. Um, so that can that can uh, not be good. Uh, other than that, he looks pretty good. Um, so I want to move forward with this. Um, the pistol offense or whatever it's called as far as throw prior, not necessary. I, I rather, 
I'd rather have an uh, in-pocket quarterback. That's just my opinion. Um, yes, Russell Wilson and everybody else, Captain Nguyen, further than we did or whatever you want to call it with a scrambling quarterback. But I, I just don't see Oak Town like that. I just don't see them doing that. Um, I prefer the, the you know, in-pocket quarterback. As far as that goes, I'm excited for that. Um, now, next topic, coaching staff. Um, that is freaking awesome. That you said, and it, and it caught my attention because I never thought about it like that, but it's a good um, thought that you said that we now have an experienced coaching staff. And I did all my research, you know, that I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, that is good. Especially the fact that we have all these coaches that are coming in with a young coach, <clears throat> Dennis Allen, and he could use them as mentors or even as guidance as to what we need to do, um, the adjustments and all that. So um, I'm excited about the coaching staff. I think that's good. Uh, I am with you, though, on or offensive player, just the fact that his name is Greg, too. Jinx, I hope not, you know, but um, I'm not going to think too much into that. I'm going to give the guy a chance <clears throat> as far as that goes. Um, and also Oaktown, Oakland wants, of course, a silver and black estate, so they just made that um, – what's it called, the study, so they donated, I guess, a million to study of where to go, whatever. Um, I do want the Oakland Raiders to stay in Oakland. Um, I didn't in the beginning, but the more I think about it now, it just makes more sense for them to stay in Oakland. Uh, other than that, what else? Oh, yeah, um, Jamarcus Russell with the Jets. Uh, he's he's trying out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know the Jets. They always love that media attention. Anything to get them on the headlines. So I'm glad that we're not on the headlines in that category. I don't even care for the headlines. Um, really don't care. I just want the the team to to get it going and whatnot. Um, the draft picks, draft picks. I think we should focus on defense strictly. We need some linebackers in there. We need some um, some uh, what's it called secondary back there. Some some good cornerbacks. Some good safeties. I don't know who's all going to say. Hopefully we keep Wheeler. And we also need a couple of uh, offensive linemen to to help our quarterback, whoever it will be. Either way, um, guys, love the show. Keep it going. You know what it is. Um, I look forward to your podcast. We all do. Um, and I appreciate all the hard work all you guys do and uh, to all the Raider Nation out there. Um, we look forward. I look forward to a new year. And, yes, it sounds like a broken record. Not this time, no. However, I know not to expect so much because we are still in that mode, but I am more excited about this coming season than last season. Um, I was a little bit excited, but I knew in the back of my mind, I was like, eh, you know, this season I'm more leaning towards a positive side because of the changes that we will be making, and I have faith in McKenzie that he will pick the right individuals to start building this roster and the most best way for this team. One word out, go Raiders. Yeah, I got to pretty much agree with what you're saying, especially with the coaching staff. Um, we can't do any worse than last year, I don't think. The guys seem to be on the J-O-B. I like their attitude. I like the experience. Um, maybe Dennis Allen will grow a little too. Let's hope. Let's hope he grows a little sack. As far as Jamarcus Russell, gosh, that name even makes me sick. I mean, just to hear it. Uh, good luck with that. Um, I hope the Jets sign him. And I hope he does what exactly what he did to us, to them. A complete embarrassment. A complete buffoon. 
and a complete waste of talent. Um, I never want to hear his name again. I'm sure it won't be for long, brother. Hey, thanks for the call, man. It's beautiful and the props. And next, my very conscientious, real, and down-to-earth brother. We got Rita Todd on the line. What is going on, Rita Todd? Raider Greg, what's up, my brother? This is Raider Todd and Raider Randy praying you have a speedy recovery. First of all, Raider Greg, you steady putting this young kid off. What is the real reason why you're putting him off? Y'all hollering that he's not an RG3, an Andrew Luck, or that Wilson kid from the Seacocks. First and foremost, we know that. He's Terrell Pryor. And if Terrell Pryor, you listening to this, this broadcast, brother, don't listen to these idiots who's putting you down. For one, you're bad. I check your stats. You're running a 438. Same thing that RG3 ran. And to that idiot, no disrespect, Raider Greg, not calling you. I'm talking about the idiot. The, the last guy that was just on talking about how Carson Palmer threw over 4,000 yards. You don't know football. Every time Carson Palmer completed all those yards, we were down by three touchdowns, and it's the fourth quarter with like three minutes left, and we in the hurry-up offense. The man, Carson Palmer, sucks. He stinks. He has no mobility to scramble out of the pocket. He just fall. He's a big old, he's a big old wimp. He can't run. It was a waste of money for us. He will not get us there. Terrell Pryor is our future. He's run a 4-3-8-40. He has blazing speed, and he's way better than Carson Palmer. What's really going on? How much longer, how many years do the brother need to wait before he get his turn? And to that idiot, the last person on the ball line that was talking all that stuff about Carson Palmer, he left from Cincinnati because he knew that youngster was getting ready to take his place. That dude, garbage. So how you going to hate on the men? Palmer can't do nothing like that. Just think about it. Look at them games. And to that idiot, the last person that was on the ball line today, as I listened to it, you talking about Terrell Pryor ain't nothing. Punk, you ain't nothing. We should be in the Super Bowl right now. Fuck them 49ers. I can't stand them. I'm going with the Ravens. I don't go for nobody in our, in our division no way. I can't stand none of them. And I can't stand the 49ers either. And I really can't stand the Patriots. I'd never go for them. Never. I don't care who they was playing. I'd never go for them. I'm out, man. It's Raider Todd, Raider Nation. Well, Raider Todd, I have to tell you, I was impressed with his last game, but not super impressed. The man can't throw a football very well, and if you look at those passes that he threw, a lot of them looked like he was pushing the ball instead of throwing it. Way too much arc and way too much wiggle in that ball. And he's not very accurate. I'm just saying, man. He could be fast, and he could be good, but he can't be very good because he can't throw the ball very good. 
That's why I'm saying the guy needs some time. He needs time. And pocket passers, hey, man, that's why they've lasted so long in the league. The Wildcats been around forever, and they don't use it because, hey, man, you cannot afford to have a quarterback go down in the middle of the season. That means season over. And you watch and see this pistol offense, how fast it gets blown out as soon as they got a defense for it and some quarterbacks start going down. As far as Carson Palmer goes, yes, he's old. We paid way too much for him, and those yards are garbage yards. But, again, he throws a pretty good pass, and he had no running game last year, none, and we sucked all the way around. So let's just see how it works, man. Maybe, perhaps, who knows what our personnel is going to be like come training camp because there's a lot of room to move here as far as players go. There's a lot that can happen. So don't get upset with that Raider fan. It's all about the opinion, man. We are all Raider Nation. Love you, brother. And next, a voice from the past. Not too distant past, that is. My good brother, the ever-positive Raider Jaime from Bakersfield. What's up, my brother? What's up, Raider Greg? What's up, Raider Randy? Raider Nation? What's up, everybody? Hey, this is Raider Jaime calling out of Bakersfield. Just checking in with you guys. I've been uh, reading uh, a lot of blogs on, I mean, fucking nonsense shit about cutting Palmer that he's fucking the worst trade ever and man the list goes on. But anyways man you guys you guys must have fucking bumped your fucking heads on something man because man Carson Palmer by far was is our best quarterback since fucking Rich Cannon. And this guy came close to four four thousand yards or I think he did get four thousand yards. And I mean our passing game was good, you know, despite our fucking, you know, fucked up running game. But, you know, and a lot of people are saying that fucking uh, uh, Terrell Pryor is the answer. Dude, it was just one fucking game. It was the last game of the year. Look at the situation that fucking San Diego was in. I mean, they weren't playing for a fucking for a playoff. It was just a fucking game to, to fucking show that they belonged there for next season. I mean, that doesn't mean shit. I mean, come on. I mean, that that's just too premature to say that fucking Terrell Pryor is a fucking answer because he's not. Uh, we just go with fucking with Palmer or uh, CP3, as they call it. But anyways, he's our answer, man. You guys got to just get off that shit, man. Carson Palmer is by far one of the best quarterbacks we've had in a long time. And I think we should keep him to uh, rebuild his team. And, man, he's the perfect guy to go with. He's smart. He's, you know, I know he throws up a lot of interceptions, but... With the new offense coming in this season, I think I think it'll it'll get better, man. I know it'll get better. But anyways, man, I'm just getting fucking tired of hearing all this nonsense shit, man. How fucking how the fuck can you guys say that? By any by any means, man. But anyways, uh, that's all I gotta say. Uh, Ray Degree, Ray Randy, fucking great job, man. And uh, I just heard about your surgery, uh, Randy. I'm I'm sure you're recovering well. I'm I'm happy that that everything turned out good, man. But um, you guys keep up the good work, man. Uh, I'll talk, talk to you guys soon. I'm out. Well, I think that he's the best thing we have right now. I know uh, he had no running game, like I said. We'll see what happens. I don't know. There's a lot of things that can happen before the draft. 
I mean, free agency is a big, big question mark. Got a lot to do, so we'll see. But I still don't think Pryor's ready. I mean, people do, but I don't, honestly. I mean, he played a decent game, but uh, I'm not sold. But we'll see, man. Whoever's the quarterback is going to be the quarterback, regardless of what we think. Uh, I do think Carson's going to be because of the much money we owe him. It was just a bad deal. Uh, too much money, too much to trade. Uh, but we got him, so let's use him. That's what I think anyway. Uh, thanks for the call, brother. It's always good, homie. Thanks for the call, my man. And last, but never least, my man from Under the Waves, the Submariner, the Surface Raider. Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Nation. Um, it's the Surface Raider. I've, uh, I've been away with work a while, so I haven't been able to call, but thank you very much for the work you've done with the podcast. It's enabled me to keep in touch with what's been going on. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. Um, we're, we're looking back in the ruins of a bad season and looking forward to what may well be the ruins of another one. Um, the cap situation, I, I think, is going to be crippling again this year. Um, I'm calling just as Seymour's had his contract voided, which is going to take a big chunk out of the cap. I don't know what they're going to do with Palmer, um, who also is taking a big chunk out of the cap, and that's an even awful lot of wiggle room. Uh, what we do have, though, is that third round pick in the first round of the draft. Um, a lot of people are going to be looking at the, at, at the top draft prospects and picking one out, but the thought I'd just like to put out there is this one. Teams with the lack of depth that we've got aren't going to be fixed by the addition of one or two great players. And if you want an example of that, look at Larry Fitzgerald. Now, Larry Fitzgerald is undoubtedly a great football player. Um, and the, the fortunes of his team have ebbed and flowed despite him being there. He, he's not, you know, one, one guy can't fix the mess. And what I think we need at the moment is not the addition of one or two great players. What we need is the addition of 10 or 15 good players. And then when you add the quality on top of that, you start to got something you can really build with. What we need are good, solid starting players rather than superstars. Um, if it was me and I was sitting there, I'd be looking at what I could trade down in the draft. Um, we'd need a lot more picks um, a little bit further down. And, and I'd be looking at teams who really want to get their hands on that number three pick. Um, so that's what I'd do if I was Reggie McKenzie. Um, the other thing is Carson Palmer and the, the quarterback situation. Now, undoubtedly, Carson Palmer has thrown some some pretty stupid throws in the clutch and he's lost us some games uh, on the other hand he's thrown for a lot of yards now I've got fucking bored of sitting through games where Raider footballs are hitting the ground 10 yards short of the receiver and it was a miracle if we converted a third down uh, so being able to watch a quarterback who can actually make most of the throws most of the time has been a refreshing change uh, there's not a lot of tread left on Palmer's tyres now we, we all know that um, what we've got in Tyrrell prior is an unknown quantity to an extent but I'd really like to see him See, see him get some more playing time and see what we've actually got there because I think he may be the man of the future but I don't think he's ready to go now um, and the other thing is people are comparing Palmer to um, to Gannon and I think that's a little bit unfair because Gannon was throwing a football to Tim Brown and Jerry Rice from behind a good um, offensive line with a running game that was working and Palmer's had none of that he, he's played in the worst offensive scheme I've ever seen um, without a particularly strong supporting cast. I'd, I'd like to see what he can do next year um, in, a, in a power game. Anyway, uh, plenty to think about there. I hope I haven't gone on too long. And uh, looking forward to the combine and the draft. Go Raiders. It's the Surface Raider. I'm out.
As usual, a great call, my brother. Great call. You know, we do need a lot of depth because we haven't had much of it for many years, really. You know, we've gone back and forth, losing players. I mean, you know, our draft picks and our free agency has been scarily bad, obviously, because of the team. You can see it. Great point, too, about Carson Palmer not having Jerry Rice and Tim Brown to throw the ball to. No doubt. And no running game? Come on, man. You got to give that guy a chance with a decent team around him. Yes. And Terrell Pryor is young, and yes, he should get a chance, but he has to work on his passing skills, man, because honestly, they suck. Really. So, um, I love the take. I love it all, man. Thank you for calling. I know it costs you some dollars to put it on here. But the Raider Nation appreciates it, and hell, I appreciate it. Well, Raider Nation, that is it for this show. Thanks for tuning in to the Raider Nation podcast. You know, just starting free agency, just the drafts around the corner. We have a lot of moving and shaking to do. It's going to be interesting to see where we end up. Let us hope the wizard, Reggie McKenzie, is as good as he says he is. And he makes some great decisions here as far as our free agents and the draft. We shall see. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. Out.